0: a sacred space that will be available once a week for 10 weeks to learn, dive
1: deep and create your boundaries to boost your confidence and self-worthiness. Go to wwwchrista lunacom and sign up for the Master Your Boundaries course starting in September 2023.
0: And use the code PARANORMAL to get 30% off today on wwwcrista Welcome to another episode of Paranormal, the new normal, the show where we, where I try to make the world a little more normal one day at a time. Does it ever happen? Not really, but we keep trying and that's all that matters. And of course, I have a guest to try to make the world more normal with me. And that guest today is Nancy Weber, psychic detective and author and much, much more, but we're going to get into all that in a little bit. First things first, though. How you doing tonight, Nancy?
1: I am doing wonderfully well. Thank you, Jeremy, and thank you for having me on.
0: Oh, my pleasure. As I told you before we started rolling, I've never had someone who worked with the cops actually on my show, so that to me is an added bonus, along with everything else that I've seen that you've done. It's just, it's all stuff I love to talk about. So oh,
1: good, and I—that is my badge, by the way, on the cover. Just oh, you. It's really? My badge. It's an honorary one.
0: Well, still a badge of the badge. (laughs) Oh,
1: yeah, it was for work done, so I'm proud of it.
0: (laughs) But the first question I ask everybody on the show is, "What got you into the paranormal spiritual world?"
1: Hmm. I I was actually in it. I remember pre-birth, I remember my birth. It was an unusual birth, I didn't know it. I remembered it, I found out when I told my mother, she said, how did you know? So I guess I was always into it, and what we call psychic, I've always been that, my whole life, and uh, I never named it. Not until many years later. I thought, this is the way I am, and this is the way maybe everybody is. You don't know as a child that it's any different other than the reaction. So the reaction was, don't open your mouth again, Nancy. You'll be in trouble. Yeah.
0: I am not a a fan personally of that old school way of thinking that it was for so many years where people who had abilities were just basically told, keep quiet or they're going to think you're weird. Like, I hate that.
1: Imaginary friends when you are kids. Mine was his little imaginary friend. He turned out to be a very good guide.
0: (laughs) So you can can remember your birth and pre-birth, though. That is, I have yet to hear that in over 100 episodes of this show.
1: Really? Well, it started with when I was about 21. I had a sudden recall of why I get anxious when I am not early for things. Not just on time. And all of a sudden, I could feel myself pushing a very hard wall, like a like a bone would be, yes. and breaking it and rushing out. And I realized that had to be something. And so I called my mother and told her, and she said, how did you know I had a bone over my teeth? And so it was written up in medical texts, because my sister was born before me, but I didn't know all the circumstances. She was born with a crushed... Collarbone, bone, a, a shoulder, wow. etc., because of the bone. But I broke it. <laughs> I rushed to get out. I backed up and went, Pum. out I was. So I remember that. But I also started singing songs from the 1930s, and I was born in 1944. So my parents asked me how I knew these songs. I said, I used to listen while you were dancing. How did you know we were dancing?
0: Uh. That's mind blowing. That's mind blowing. Now yeah, that, that that kind of rec- recollection, Monty. Uh,
1: pieces of it, not a lot.
0: Still, yeah. I mean,
1: just little pieces. But the, I think they were strong for me. I love the music.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, m- music is a is a big thing for people to recall things with. It's a good information source, like that sticks with us. Like yeah. I can, I I can hear a song. Remember, like the movie I watched when I first heard the song, or where I was when I first heard the song. So,
1: oh, you connect it all. I can't. Yeah. I don't. Always, I'm not always able to connect it all. I remember what was that movie I saw it in. Thank God for my phone. I can look up <laughs> anything.
0: I mean, I'm I'm not saying I'm not saying that I can remember it like that second. Sometimes it takes me half a day of thinking about it, and I'm like. Oh, yeah, but it's, I mean, it's not always an instant recall type thing here.
1: It's just not one of my strong stints, for sure.
0: Uh I i have the weirdest ability my whole life to be able to remember the most non-important details of events, That and everybody else in my family will be like, how do you remember that? It wasn't even like a big day or anything. I'm like, I just do, like, I can remember... I could remember movies that came out in the t- 2000s and who I saw it with like and 20 years later and like I haven't talked to those people in some of them in like 15 20 years and I still remember, like going to the movies with them so just because I remember the movie
1: You sound just like my daughter and my son they can remember <laughs> all that and I'm looking at them what I- <laughs> So we all have our story and they play trivia a lot So Aww, baby
0: She's not happy she's in her cage, but she'll get over it in a minute, hopefully. Munchy, oh, munchy, munchy. Good thing you're the mascot for this podcast. Otherwise, you'd be fired. Just saying. But uh, so you see, you have a spirit guide.
1: Well, I had a being male by my crib who taught me things. When I was curious and I saw things I didn't understand, I believed the man told me what they were. Like at age two, I was standing in my soon to be bed, but it was crib. I think they either converted, I don't know. And my mother was talking. I could see them in the open door to a woman. And I saw something in the woman's belly. And so the man told me it was a baby waddled out and I pointed to her belly and I said baby and the woman said how do you know she turned to my mother and said how does she know I just found out from the doctor my husband doesn't even know and my mother's answer was shut up and go to your room and so that man I wasn't upset at that I just didn't know why she was angry but that being would come to me as I woke up, it would come to me sometimes during the day, and at about age thirteen it stops. At age thirty-one, I saw it. I call it it because I don't know, you know, what I encounter and what I see. I don't have absolute proof on. Is it a great imagination on my part? And if Get all the stuff he tells me. I don't know.
0: Interesting. I
1: don't, I don't have to know. I can be curious and wonder. But of have course.
0: To- and in and, and, and this par- in the paranormal world, that's all we ever can do is wonder and s- speculate. Basically, we can, we can't know for certain about a lot of things. But I will. S- was there any? Did, did your did your parents ever talk? Ever talk?
1: <laughs>
0: Big yawn, girl. Big yawn. God.
1: Part of everything. <laughs>
0: yeah. Did, did your parents Did your parents ever say later that the house was haunted, possibly? Or like uh, that the house? No?
1: No, my mother was terrified of all of it. <laughs> so she would never open her mouth about it. My father never talked about it. My mother was so angry when I became a known psychic, rather than my nursing career, left it. Uh, that when I visited them, a woman came out and said, oh, I saw you in the newspaper in 1970-something. And my mother went, go in the house. <laughs> like <I> was <laughs> she didn't want anybody to know or even mention what I do. It would terrify her.
0: And the, and the, well, not funny thing, the sad thing is, I hear that so often, that parents in that generation just shut it all down. They didn't want people knowing like that their sons or daughters picked this career as a, as a way to do things. they, well, they could...
1: Anybody who did. Actually. Oh yeah. Um, it, over a year. Well, I, my parents and I were, were I became a psychic at age 31. I Already had my second child. And uh, we didn't see them except once a year. My parents, they lived West coast. I lived East. And so, and traveling was tougher uh, at that time, but we didn't have a great relationship. Anyhow, too. that was okay. I met a lot of people of their generation who opened my eyes about what I'm doing. So I always think that there has always been people curious worldwide. You know, uh, I work worldwide, so depending on the culture, there are some who I don't care how many generations they've always honored it. They they have great respect for it. It's, I think it just depends on the culture within that. that.
0: Interesting. My
1: was very psychic. She saved her mother's life, but she hated having something happen she could not control.
0: Makes sense. I, I mean, well, it 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 makes sense knowing that generation and their beliefs. Like nowadays, it. it, it Nowadays, it's it's a way more openly accepted thing, and it's just the way it goes nowadays. That and, like and people understand it. I mean, back, back then, psychics were something you saw at a carnival, maybe, or like when when. Oh,
1: oh really? I no, I knew nobody at mm. all who called it anything. And when I started, it was because I had done so well at running a psychiatric unit that we made medical history because we didn't have to give drugs to very, very, <coughs> deep I, heard, so I could get them to open up in minutes sometimes. And so we made miracles and they, <coughs> without meds. And But I didn't know what, you know, I knew it was something worthwhile, not psychic. I understood through my nursing career, it was very worthwhile to be able to have that kind of um, I didn't know what to call it.
0: Mm. Whatever. But
1: I never met anyone who could talk to me about it until I started working in it. And people just flocked to me. I didn't know. And a psychiatrist, different psychiatrist. Connecticut, New York, and I was living in upstate New York. The, each one came as a client from friends of theirs and stayed with me And then stayed and hired me to look at all their clients one day a week. And so I did. I gave readings at psychiatrists. It wasn't until somebody told me that there were a group of psychics for a festival. I said, "What? People doing this? (laughs) I had no clue." When I didn't have full-time and they had to work and do part-time this is in the 70s and i was just thrilled to be with others but they wanted to know why i was so quiet and didn't comment about how terrible it is to have to do a regular job i said well i don't do a regular job i left nursing and i have a full-time career i have more work than i could ever handle exactly <laughs> okay, so that's when i started to
0: know what it was all right a little more understanding there what what motivated you to change careers all of a sudden like because i mean nursing's uh, nursing is one of those careers that you do it long enough and you're going to be retiring pretty decently someday but
1: mm-hmm. uh, i was uh, i graduated and was a nurse right before my 19th birthday and i did a lot of different work i did cancer research um When I started, and I I worked in all places. At age twenty-five, I married, and in my the first page of my book, *The Life of a Psychic tells you why I left. My first husband had a fellowship in neurophysiology research. Only uh, it wasn't quite what he expected, so he came to me when I was five months pregnant and tried to kill me, and so I was left with a permanent disability, and then three years later. And that was the second massive injury. I had at 19 as a nurse, a 300 pound patient fling herself onto me and threw me down. So I spent 11 months out of 24 in a hospital bed. So I had a a history of disabilities that kept me moving away from lifting people. I couldn't, I wore a body brace. And then when they finally created a machine that can go three dimensional, they saw that I was born with a rare deformity in the spine for a normal sized person but common in dwarves, which means there's a genetic history somewhere my ancestor of dwarves. And it makes a very unstable spine. So the injuries just went far worse. So I had to leave and I didn't go to create another career. I was married to another man at that point and I was pregnant and he, um, his work collapsed in the industry and he sat on a couch for a year. And at a thin air, I started earning money, not planning it at all. Not at all. I baked zucchini breads. And one of my friends says, Hey, can you make 10? Here's 10 bucks. Can you go make me 10 for a party? I'm looking, huh? You embroidered your work shirt. I love it. Can you do one for me? Can you do six for me? Can that's how I grew my business.
0: Interesting. <laughs> I, Interesting. I mean, it's... not
1: what I was doing. I made a... <laughs> I knew I had <laughs> the table.
0: Yeah. I mean, you, 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 did, you did what you had to do, and fate kind of provides you a way to do it, in a way. I mean... Right.
1: It's not a... I wouldn't even say... I was never particularly religious, although I am a min, minister. It's more kind of universal. Uh, I never cared about anything other than everything's connected but i did believe that if i focus with my intention there's nothing to worry about you just do your best
0: exactly exactly and i mean and obviously the obviously following your gut and doing what you think you need to do ended up working out for you i mean obviously because you are you're you are where you are now with multiple books written about your life and things you've done so apparently it all it all worked out in the end but how'd you start working with the police that's what I'm kind of curious about
1: I moved to in August 79 of last century I moved to Bud Lake New Jersey from Peekskill New York
0: oh Peekskill yeah I, I grew up in Kingston New York
1: <laughs>
0: I know I know yeah I'll say I, I know I know where that is.
1: I lived in Croton-on-Hudson before that.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh,
1: Anyhow, I signed my son up for karate and I, he left. (laughs) Can you hear me? Okay. So (laughs) in Bud Lake, um, somebody knew that I was working with an rescuing them and communicating with them. I don't know how it got started, but they did a story on me. And so when I took my son to karate school, his teacher took me aside at the end, and she said, hey, have you ever worked with the police? I said, why? <laughs> I hadn't, but I wasn't telling her. I wanted to, why are you asking me? She said, well, we had a rape, and before the words come out further, I said, redhead, freckles, picked up a stone, to the woman's head she said would you mind talking to my chief uh, of detectives i'm a that's the first time i knew she was a police officer and i said Not sure thinking nothing of it and that's what started my career i uh, he brought his partner after i met him once uh to my home and in my office and he said we have a problem with what you just said your description i said What's the problem? He said, well, two men are suspects and they both answer that same description. And Jeremy, I did something I've never done. Everything is whatever, right? And so I just stood up and limped strongly across the room to them about 10 feet and limped back and sat down I said, that's who it is. And they said, how did you know one has a limp? I said, it's easy. I became him. And so they went back Told him they had an eyewitness and he fully confessed. Huh, it was a rape,
0: yeah.
1: So, you know, these things happen, but I can't explain how I do things necessarily. I can examine them,
0: yeah. I mean, it's all, yeah, it's all you can do. And I mean, it kind of makes me think of um, the dead zone almost like. The, the Stephen King novel turned into a movie with Christopher Walken. Like it kind of makes me think of that in a way. I mean, because that's that's kind of what Stephen King wrote the book about is a man who. Comes, well, a little a little different because in his book, a man comes back from the dead, and when he and when he when he touches people's hands or any part of their body, he can see like images of what uh, memories. it's Like so,
1: but that's the point that has been proven in other ways many 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 years ago maybe 50 60 years ago there was a study of a blind woman in russia and then i had a a student of mine who was blind who did exactly the same thing she can touch you and tell you the color you were wearing completely and totally blind and we now know the fingers can relay the information Uh, she knew the guy sitting next to her in my class uh, had just played golf She had visions inside because we have a third eye, literally. It's got optical receptors and rods and cones, that pineal gland. So um, it's been done a long time. And so even, you know, Stephen is using it as a, a, a way to weave a story. But the truth is there are so many people who are so empathic and so highly sensitive that you can feel the other person's opinion, it's healthy where it isn't, where something is going on with them, you know, you can be there. Right. I think there's this ability. Everybody has some level of it.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. I mean. What kind of cases did you work mainly? Was it all like homicide? Was there other stuff you worked on as well?
1: Yep. To both. I've done the normal homicide, serial killer, rapes, burglaries, but I also did others I'm not allowed to talk about ever. And the only cases I ever talk about are totally adjudicated because I like being safe. Of course. So, uh, in the book... Detective and, and all major speaks on animals. I threat some of the animal crime cases in with the nice stuff in the animal one. But the life of psychic detective is basically mostly the homicides with the detectives I worked with back then. Because those are all adjudicated. I'm still active. Forty years.
0: Well, I mean I'm sure I'm sure the I'm sure the police need you now more than ever with everything that's going on in the world.
1: Well, it depends. I think uh, what I have learned, a lot of agencies actually are very good at what they do. It just takes a while to collect everything. So I get called in for if they have too many leads and don't know what to, how many paths they can go down or no leads at all, they're hoping I can pick it out. Same as anybody else who works with the police as a profiler or a psychic consultant. Um, it's in the code to hire any tool, including psychics. So, uh, but that's not my work, that's just yeah. something I can do. I have done the work occasionally um, throughout the country and other, a few other countries. My main work is what we'll call the spiritual journey, mentoring people on their abilities, their gifts, that kind of thing. Um, I do less readings than I've ever done simply because I need to help people learn to do their own thing. Be strong. Everybody's got gifts. You got to grow them.
0: I've see. I've been told that. And it's a weird, it's weird because a lot of times it doesn't happen much anymore. But when I first started the show and I would talk to psychics and mediums, especially like mainly psychics and mediums, i would get like a tingling in my head and i never knew why like the whole show i was talking to them it'd be like a little tingling in the center of my head and i, I have no idea why and like some of them said that some of them said that's a gift you have it just needs to be unlocked and it's talking to me is kind of like the guests that would say talking to me is kind of like trying to open it but you need to do more work on it and actually like work on yourself to get it open like it's like it's going to happen naturally
1: all the tingling, think of it as we are all, no, nothing is stagnant, right? All the molecules are always moving, et cetera. And our frequencies, we have multiple frequencies. Our skeletal system has a different frequency than our eyes. Uh, the earth has a frequency. Everything has that frequency. So we call it resonance when everything is kind of in harmony and that tingling is also resonating with what they're saying and going, yeah. But that's not your conscious mind. That's your subconscious saying, yeah, it's here. All you have to do is actually do it enough. So, one of the things I can share with you and your audience is one of the things I began to do to discover what's going on here is to write. In a journal, even my conversations in my head that I had with people. And in my book, what I try to do in Life of Psychic Detective is after every chapter, based on what that um, demonstrated in some ways, I give you examples and exercises on how to work. Like, you ever lose keys or misplace them, or wallet or glasses, right?
0: Of course. Uh,
1: Okay. Well, I we to find everything early in life. And I discovered because in nursing, they teach us we are electromagnetic activity. Our, we measure the brain waves. We measure the heart. We measure the nerve to muscle impulses electromagnetically. EKGs, EEGs, EMGs, right? So that means we all have electromagnetic activity. And we can see some of us can see the light wave patterns and where they don't resonate well like they're not in harmony with the rest of it we know then something's off but it's also just the feeling you don't have to see it so i started thinking i was a magnet and i can pretty much find many things easy and fast and so when i married my husband 34 years ago he wanted me to come to work and say hello at his place (laughs) little did i know he was completely disorganized big time and the the office looked like a storm hit it and three other guys were sitting there chatting shelving about 30 feet long floor to ceiling and nothing organized just thrown around And my husband said, hey, do you think you can find uh, three platinum discs I'm missing? I can't find them. And he walked out. And so I walked down the shelving. I just said, silver discs. I had no idea what he was talking about. And I just walked myself down as a magnet, seeing where I got pulled. And I went and put my hand where I felt pulled, pulled out. And a plastic bag had three silver discs. And I marched out right away. I said, hey, Dick, is this what you're looking for? He goes, yeah. If he had told me then the value of those discs, and this is back 34 years ago, it was $12,000, I might not have been able to find them because I'd be too emotionally involved. This was just fun. So detaching from needing to do is, oddly enough, the key a lot of times to being able to do it. So if you wanted to play and you have somebody in the home with you, you stay in one room and they go hide something and they, you don't know where it is. And you can just feel each room is in this room. And that it doesn't matter if you find it right away. The more you do those things, the more your brain gets that program that you really want to do this. It's intention. It's focus. And actually, it's very easy pretty much almost every day I'm finding something <laughs> after he's looked, and I know to sit back and watch him just search for things. but that's how I found three missing children. It was the years of doing that
0: interesting and so so you, yeah i saw I saw that in your profile that you helped through missing children cases, which is phenomenal because there's nothing sadder than when a kid goes missing there really is nothing sadder i mean i have a five and eight year old myself and if they went missing i would be, be beside oh. myself for like ever until they were found or the worst I, still, it
1: to me. I, I know i can remember every single case i ever worked on with that because oh my god horrible but these three were uh, one brother two sisters who were parentally abducted and it was an incredible um, experience for a lot of reasons, uh, and I think that sometimes people, you know, see themselves like you're saying, which is why I loved when you saw the new normal paranormal, the new normal. I love the title because too many people, even any generation from to Gen Z, it doesn't matter would say, oh, I can't not me or that's weird yes but others would say gee i'd like to do it but you can do it you know how no i didn't know how i got curious about what's going on just like when i was listening to some of your podcasts and you're looking at everything in the universe and wondering right well did you want proof in some way i don't i can't get proof about the source and the absolute creation and how that occurred you know from nothing to something or something to nothing, blah, 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 I go nuts. It's like Stephen, um, oh, can't even remember his name. He's gone. Stephen Stephen Hawking. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) When I read, you know, Brief History of Time, where he goes through that whole thing and then it's like brain jam. You just can't sort it all out. But in working with police, I was able to get absolute proof that something's going on. But also in journaling, if I have a conversation, if I had a conversation in my head about you, Jeremy, and I wrote it all down, and then I called you and said, hey, Jeremy, uh, this is weird, but I have to ask you something. Did this blah, 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 And you go, how do you know? Well, that's what happened at the very beginning. I did everything that way. I wrote everything down. I took every item in my home that was not, something I got from me or but from friends and family that I didn't always see I would hold them and just write down everything I felt when I was holding it and so I would call and say hey I got a funny question do you have a cast on your arm how did you know I broke my arm and I thought oh weird so I always say now we're wireless that's how they got wireless computers and everything else and ham radio operating and cbs we are all wireless not just we the trees we now know they talk to each other in their own language they feed stumps they give their own nutrition
0: <laughs> they do it's it's strange cuz like you'll nope. see a stump you'll see a stump and like You'll see a stump and then like a couple of years later you'll see the same stump and it's starting to grow again and it's like yes. how, how? <laughs>
1: because they're being fed by all the local trees hmm. no one's arguing <laughs> we can learn from them they don't argue about it they don't say well you should starve because you don't have enough money and we're going to increase the expenses in your local supermarket because you can't even drive somewhere to get it cheaper you know this is mentality that's crazy but trees don't ever even consider they just give because they were given you know if we felt the same way that animals and i said you know on the cover is a squirrel and a deer and they're next to each other they're my friends they come and feed with me. I tell the squirrels, "You cannot leave peanut shells on my deck." And they look at me, and they take this peanut, and they go right to the edge of the deck, turn around, nod their head, and then get off.
0: That's incredible.
1: No, they understand.
0: Because I wish my dog. I wish my dogs listen that well.
1: <laughs> Here's a thought. I learned. You know, if you send an image to a pet, where I lived in Bud Lake, I was a block up from Route 46, which is a very busy road, and the lake is right opposite. Bud Lake was right on the other side of the road. And my cats at that time, my cats had never been anywhere like that. And they were always indoor, outdoor. So I sat down and looked at all of them closed my eyes and showed them speeding cars pain etc they would go to the edge never having been there before they'd go down to the corner and never go in the road because they get the message through images and feelings intention missing dogs missing puppies I have several stories of it, because each one of those stories are about uh, dogs in particular who taught me that they were all so different about what they were doing. I could trace one for a solid year, town to town. We could prove that he had been there, but it was always like a day after he left that town to go to another one. But he shows up 365 days later to the minute to where he first left home. And all along, he said, I'm just traveling around, saying hello to everybody, having a great time. (laughs) And I thought, we never think that way about a dog when they leave, (laughs) we're heartbroken. And some of them, yeah, but not all of them, they're they're, a lot of the adult ones go, I'm on a new adventure.
0: Interesting, I mean.
1: Yeah, that's why, you know, in All Nature Speaks, it's chapters on dogs are my teachers, horses are my teachers, cats are my teachers, dolphins are my teachers. I've been, I was scuba diving and I was snorkeling. So I had a lot of wonderful adventures with fish who were my friends. They let me pet them in the waters.
0: That's incredible. That's purely incredible.
1: I love it. So I found that a lot of it is they can read your intentions just like, you know, dogs can. You know, they know who's safe. Right? Exactly.
0: But the thing I'm wondering is, with all this you can do, how do you deal with negative people? Because in this day and age, there are so many negative Nancys out there, so many... I don't even, I can't think of the word right now. Narcissists, so many negative people, like so many people that want to bring everybody else down because they feel down. How do you deal with that?
1: Very simple. Since the first cave days, I tell any of them, I talk with my friends that way. Since the first cave days, when an earthquake would happen, there would always be one person who'd be so mad that their place was hurt or destroyed, they'd pick up a stone and go to the next one and bang them on the head and say, I want your cave you're not changing people's um, ways by being upset by them. I I am not, and because my work has been at fresh crime scenes and all, I am not uh, soft, soft. I'm very tough in some ways, but I also have a lot of empathy. And even if I know what made you crazy, nasty, and vicious. There's no excuse if you're an adult. So what you're, what you're asking is really how any of us cope with how insane and I think truly psychotic actions, particularly like the shootings, etc. I I was gonna say, yeah, well, it's insane. It's no matter how we see things, you know how people get embarrassed if they get caught on anything. Yeah. So when <sighs> nuclear reactors the built first, it, Allied Chemical had a lot to do with it. Lou Goodman and his uh, right-hand man, Larry Bogart. And a woman came to them with a book she wrote on nuclear, on uh, fission. And she was... Re- she was right. She was worried about what would happen, et cetera. And she told, and they looked at it. Now, most, when you look at most companies who create something don't know it's bad, like Monsanto and Roundup and all the rest and others, petrochemical industry, rather than learn how to get rid of it, they put it in food, they put it in personal care products, they put it everywhere. So when these things happen, allied chemical did something else. Lou Goodman, Larry Bogart left, quit there. He was president of allied chemical, walked out, said, Oh my God, what did we do? Albert Einstein. Oh my God, what did I do? So the three of them formed the anti-nuke movement with this woman, Betty, Betty Hogan, I think her last name was. And I became friends with Larry close. And then when Albert died, Dr. Ernst Sternglass, who was wonderful, he got ousted by his whole scientific community for daring to go and be anti nuclear reactors. So what you're saying is very relevant to any time on this Earth.
0: True, very true.
1: When you look at why people do those things, I mean, I work, I love psychology and say abnormal psych. I love it because I want to understand where it comes from. However. Where it comes from is one thing, but I didn't help people break through by only understanding that. They had to break through themselves. And in today's world, you have too many. I mean, it is crowded, but you also have who rises to the top to make decisions that decide everybody's life anywhere on this earth. That's, I I don't know that we're changing any of it. So what I do is very simple. I believe that if I can help any one of them, and I've helped a few who come across as, oh my God, I hope they don't influence anybody else. And I'm very careful to pick a time and a way to introduce to them some concept that they don't know and break open. And I'm very blessed with, having a reputation for not lying and being very authentic and sometimes in your face. And so they hear me. And if I can prove to them some things, sometimes I've seen them change. Only you have to find a way to live with it. Anyhow, there are too many of them. Do you know that?
0: Oh, I dealt with some today, actually. Yes. Yeah, so I do know that. I mean, I deal with them every day of the week. I, I work in sales. I work in sales and it's just a lot of people I call like some of them will have great conversations with me even if they don't even if I can't sell them anything that day because it's telecom so some days they have projects they're looking for stuff for some days they don't but some of them are just so negative like take me off your list immediately well let me tell you buddy you're not getting off the list because no one gets off the list we'll just call you in three months when you forget about us (laughs) that's just the way it goes but
1: but... So I have another thought for you because oh. I handle it differently. I decide yep. that every being I'm speaking with, I'm on the other side of it, obviously, but every being I'm speaking with is an opportunity to know another soul before I connect. And what happens is magic. I found that out years ago because I was so shy. I decided I had to do something to overcome it. So I put my ego needs aside, ego being fear (laughs) that way aside. And I would close my eyes and imagine whoever I'm going to talk to next, I am going to find their beautiful soul. And weird things started to happen uh, without saying where this happened. But I lived near uh, live music Thursday nights and I loved going out dancing with my friends and I don't drink. I hate alcohol. It's not me. Uh, I can It tastes like medicine to me. So, but I, I can dance all night back then. So I didn't know the place. I just knew of it. And some neighbor said to me, oh, you don't want to go there. That is the nastiest guy who owns everything there. He's cheap. He's mean. He's this. And what I did was understand that's their judgment. They don't know. That person's soul. So I closed my eyes before I went and I said to the soul of the person I didn't meet yet. I can't wait to meet you. I am so happy that we're going to be getting to know each other and I hope you're okay. And if I can be of service, let me know. Not only did we become friends, he became a client. He, when I performed a wedding for my daughter, he chipped in and bought all the drinks. He was so generous and people were going, how is he generous? But I've done that with my divorce. I never paid for a divorce. The lawyers picked up the tab. Two divorces, two lawyers. My, um, my right. mother
0: and father would love to learn that lesson from you about 15 years ago, just saying. <laughs>
1: it's soul, to soul. I mean, my YouTube channel is Soul Talk with Nancy O'Lan Weber for a reason. Because for me, if I think that there's something intact, not what you're showing, not the, the problems, but if your soul is beautiful, which I believe all souls are, whether you're a chipmunk, a bird, a tree, or a person, then I'm going to take it at that level. I, if you want to drop down to a lower level, that's your issue. It's going to boomerang back on you, not me. I call that karma. <laughs> and I
0: I, I personally am a huge believer in karma. I believe karma. I believe karma works every day, especially for this dog. Especially for this dog, it won't stop barking. But I believe karma works. <laughs> like it, I, I've seen it work. Like I'll pay it forward. I'll do something nice for somebody, and then in a week they'll return the favor in some, in some way I, I never expected. Some way I never expected it at all. Like it's just insane. Well,
1: not even from that person. It's what you give out to the universe, you get back tenfold. Right?
0: A hundred percent. A hundred percent correct. <laughs> but the last question I gotta ask is how, I like to ask this of everybody who's in the psychic world. Sure. How do you deal with how do you deal with skeptics?
1: I love them. <laughs> I
0: kinda knew that was coming.
1: I'm a skeptic. Prove to me you that you really do what you claim to do about anything. Um, don't just tell me you do it. So close-minded is not skeptic. Close-minded is absolute fear, fear of the unknown. And that, that's something I am gentle with because you don't break, you don't force somebody to open up who is frightened. They need to heal. They need to take care of themselves and they can get very nasty. Yes but they're my teachers about how to help them understand why, when you email me, for instance, oh, please find Summer Wells. After all, if you were spiritual, you would. And so it was a great thing that happens for me. I think about it. I send it up to the universe. I ask for guidance and then I go, ah, Ricky Lake show. That's why. So when I was on Ricky Lake show once, it was all parental abductions and I was the guest psychic. And on the panel was a guy whose baby was abducted by his ex-wife or soon to be, and they couldn't find her. This is before computers. And Ricky said, Nancy, you look like you know something about it. And I said, well, even if I do, I'm not talking. She said, why? Live audience, right? And she said, why not? I said, because if I'm right, then she'll know not to do that. I'm not going to risk his ability to maybe have his baby back. So I have another offer. Well, what is it, Ricky said. I said, if everyone watching and everyone listening and everyone in the audience who also had abducted kids, we all say a prayer quietly to ourselves that may all these children be found safe, unharmed, and brought back to their loved one. Can we do that? And so we did. And then after the show, I told the guy and Ricky asked to listen. I said, if you open your mouth about it to anybody, I'm going to talk about you loud and clear. You are not going to say another word. I took an oath of confidentiality on law enforcement as minister, as a nurse. Are you kidding? (laughs) I don't tell. And so I did. And I was right. And that was January or February. And Sunday on May, customs in Canada, going from Michigan to Canada, stopped her and the baby, and he was brought back that day, and the guy called me that day and said, my baby's in my arms, just like you said, and customs officer would see it, et cetera. If I had said it out loud, I couldn't care less if I was right or not I in that way. That's ego. That I was right, that gave him hope, and it turned out to be right. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm thrilled. But it's nobody's business to even ask on social media. I run a lot of Facebook groups. I have one somebody in Denmark created called uh, Psychic Detective Nancy Wellen Weber, Fan Side. And it's people from all over the world. It's not, it's only a few thousand there, but I love that group because they hear me. When they start talking about finding somebody and what they see, I go, listen. Do you want to be safe? Do you want your children or your family to be safe? You do not talk out loud because if you are right and somebody here happens to be connected to whoever did it, how are you going to feel? So I have no problem with skeptics whatsoever because a skeptic is going to ask those kind of questions thoroughly considering everything, right? Close-minded. I, you know, I, I treat them gently because they're broken. That's how I feel, and and yet they can open up ideas for me on how to help people understand and say, you know, what it actually is. So, and believers, <laughs> much believers, where they don't know how to mm, question things.
0: Well, that's me ama- That's an amazing way to look at things, and I I agree. I mean. And everything you said makes sense. And I 100% agree with it. I mean, why would you give information you already need to give, especially if it's going to end up deterring what you're trying to do? Right. So I agree. But before we wrap up here, because I do have another interview in a few minutes, sure. tell people tell people where they can find you, where they can find your books, and just promote yourself to the fullest.
1: <laughs> so the name is Nancy Orland Weber. And that's how I get promoted. That's my website. Nancyolanwebber.com my soul talk with Nancyolanwebber.com is my youtube <laughs> my facebook sites Weber is a regular facebook page that uh i think i have may i try and keep it below 5000 cuz i think that's a limit personal but psychic detective with Weber and i don't know on my website you'll find mentoring you'll find sessions and workshops and classes and blogs and music that I created and wrote with a folk singer and all kinds of things. So thank you so much, Jeremy. It's really delightful. Your your questions are, I love good questions. They make me stop.
0: (laughs) I try. I try. And I truly do appreciate you coming on. It's been an honor to have you. And I will, of course, post all those links in my Me podcast so. notes as well. So people know where to find you. And if they, I advise people look into her books because I want to read them. So if I want to read a book, everybody should want to read it because I am Amazon. a little picky. I'm a little picky when it comes to books.
1: <laughs> so your, there- your time is perfect, right?
0: And the time I get to read is minimal. Minimals could be with two kids, two dogs, and a full-time job and podcast career. So yeah, I have very little time to read. But when I do, I actually have a, I have a pile of books from people that have been on my show that they sent me autographed and everything. And like I've been trying to work my way through them. But I can't say I've gotten through one in the last six months because I just don't have the time. But
1: No, you have, you know, those you are accountable and responsible for come first, besides yourself.
0: Always, always, of course.
1: Right. I didn't didn't have time to read when my kids were growing. Oh, God, no. (laughs) (laughs) I really appreciate it. Thank you.